Here we go again with another episode of the Energy is Love podcast. I'm your host, Craig Salazar. Thank you for joining us today. Not going to be silly, but it's a wonderful day. Thank you everybody for tuning in and subscribing and sharing the show like I ask of you every week. It's always fun for me to see where new downloads and listens and uh, shares and all that kind of stuff pop up. So thank you everybody for doing that. Remember always, it's energyislovepodcast.com. And from the website, you can find all of our social media links. You can listen to all the episodes. You can see all of our information. You can contact us through the website. And please, please, please share it. Tell somebody about it so that they too can listen and enjoy all the wonderful guests that we have. Before we get going, I want to mention that I was recently a guest on the Everyman podcast. If you go to everyman.co, that's E-V-R-Y-M-A-N.co, you can learn about the host, Dan Doty and everything that they're doing with Everyman. Um, it's a really neat movement, I suppose is a good word for it, a new uh, thing that they're trying to do. And I, I support everything that they're doing wholeheartedly. I think it's an amazing thing. Um, basically, at the core of it, it's creating a safe space and an environment through men's groups and retreats and different things like that for men to tap in, connect, and start processing and feeling emotion and all sorts of different things on a deeper level, which in turn helps them become more of who they're supposed to be, I suppose, become bigger, stronger, better versions of themselves. So if you go to their website, once again, it's everyman.co, E-V-R-Y-M-A-N. You can listen to the episode that I was on. Uh, this is the most recent episode that they have, episode 12. You can listen to me on their podcast and learn more about me. But then also, I highly recommend that you subscribe to that show and listen to all the episodes that they're doing because it's wonderful, wonderful stuff. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, As Above, So Below. They are located in Roy, Utah. If you're not familiar with Roy, it is in between Layton and Ogden up in northern Utah. As Above, So Below has everything that you could possibly imagine, need, want, desire for your metaphysical spiritual journey or just your journey in life uh, in general. Crystals, tarot cards, books, jewelry, stones, incense, the list just goes on and on of things that are available at the shop. So it's highly recommended that you stop in and visit As Above, So Below. Perfect day to do so is August 13th. It's going to be their fall metaphysical fair. It's going to be running all day long, August 13th. It's a Sunday. So mark it on your calendars and head out to As Above, So Below, where you'll get to bask in some of the wonderful things that they have to offer, as well as some, as well as some vendors and readers and healers and different things like that. It's going to be a great event. If you go to our website, you'll be able to click on the Sponsors tab and find the link for As Above, So Below, which will take you to their Facebook page. Go like their Facebook page, go follow them, go keep up to date with all the cool things that they do. They host events and classes and trainings all the time. It's a really good resource for the northern Utah area. On this episode, my beautiful wife Stephanie sat down for episode 88. And right off the bat, uh, at the beginning of the episode, we explained the significance of that to us and why um, it was important to have her come on the show. She was a guest in the past. She's been on a couple of episodes here and there throughout the uh, course of the podcast. And I just love sitting down and chatting with her. We always have wonderful conversations, whether we're on a podcast or not. She's just an amazing lady. And during the episode, you get to learn a little bit about what we've been doing over the past year, how our lives have changed and evolved. Stephanie's had some major changes in her life recently, and she talks all about them. She also goes deeper into her own personal experience of her life growing up and different things that she had to experience and go through and kind of the way that it has shaped and molded who she is as, as, a, as a woman today. 
So as always, it was a joy, and I absolutely loved getting the opportunity to speak with my wife and share our story and share her story on the podcast. You can learn more about us if you go to our website, energieslovepodcast.com. There's a tab there titled Craig and Steph. Click on that, and you'll learn a little bit more about us and how we help people. And if you ever want to reach out and contact us, please do so. We love chatting with people and helping people in any way, shape, or form. But for now, sit back and relax. Thank you, beautiful, beautiful Stephanie, for being on the podcast once again. And everybody else, turn it up and enjoy this beautiful episode of the Podcast for the Universe with Stephanie Salazar. Here we go. You're listening to the Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is the love podcast. The Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is Love podcast. The podcast for the universe. The Energy is Love podcast. (laughs) This is it, dear. Big episode 88. (laughs) We had to pause for quite a while because we're sitting in our backyard and I wanted to make sure that we got the best, quiet, least distracted sound quality for... Like the bass noise level that I can use when I go back and edit all this episode. So there was somebody riding there like Doom Buggy or Moped or something around. So periodically throughout the episode, you'll hear stuff in the background. And that's just because we are sitting back in our beautiful, wonderful backyard like we did a year ago. Wow. Do you realize that? Is it a year? Yeah. It was, I should have looked before we started, but it was like July 12th or something like that. Was it really? Yeah. When our uh, first episode came out that you were on. So just over a year. Pretty neat, huh? Lots happened in a year. (laughs) A lot has happened in a year. Still have the birds going. Yeah. That's the cool thing. I like, that's why I like recording out here underneath our tree in our backyard because you get the wonderful, beautiful nature sound in the background. It's a perfect, perfect background. So first off, I want you to explain to everybody that may be listening the significance and importance of 88 because this is episode 88. So give everybody an idea why that's important to us or to you. Or to me. Yeah. Well, eight is kind of our power number. It's infinity. It correlates with our wedding date as well. And there's significance that we got married on the eighth. It was April 8th, which is four eight, but four times two is eight and (laughs) the half of our year span with that or that's that's not it (laughs) there's those couple months we're the same age so that just put like four for you four for me eight eight all of our things are eight eighty eight yeah so i'm also gonna be back for eight hundred and eighty eight and eight thousand and eighty eight eight thousand eight hundred and eighty eight i can't imagine i can't imagine that many podcasts you can't really eight thousand eight thousand no no are you gonna be done that's probably like 15 years from now. You're going to be done? So you're saying the Energy is Love podcast isn't going <laughs> for 15 for a years? <laughs> you're all, what the hell's the name of this podcast? Did not. <laughs> um, it's just kind of like my heart number, and it's our heart number, and it's just special to us. So I claimed episode. Episode? Episode. Claimed episode 88 and the future ones that I mentioned. That incorporate the number eight <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. Yes. It's a good number. Yes. It's a good number. I think it's been good to us. I think it's been lucky for us. I think that, I think one of the biggest things for me is that <clears throat> connection and 
semblance isn't even a word the uh what's what's the right word extreme profound meaning a word that describes that synchronicities but like the uh like the the infinity aspect of it the symbolic nature connected to eight obviously it's kind of well not kind of it is the infinity symbol if you flip it on its side and everything like that but i Mm -hmm. think that that's very important um in relation to you and me and us and yes i like it me too so let's take a minute and catch everybody up on how vastly different our lives are from a year ago okay so do you want to go first you want me to go first go for it Well, ask me, ask me how different my life is. How different is your life from a year ago? Huge. How different is yours? Huge. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a lot has changed for me personally, uh, changed for us as well. Um, I won't share, I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to share everything about what, oh, what has changed for you, I suppose. Um, but when I think back a year ago, July of last year, um, Boy, I was still doing a lot of energy work. I was still working a lot of fairs and things like that. And that's actually something that I want to talk about. So remind me when we get done. Not when we get done. Remind me when we push stop. (laughs) We'll talk about after. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's something that I want to address. But um, I was still doing a lot of that stuff. And I was just beginning. um, I hadn't started working for DreamPod yet. And that started in August of last year. So next month will be the one-year anniversary of me freaking flying all over the place and installing dream pots. And so that's pretty significant. Um, when that started, I didn't realize how, and of course we've got a dog barking in the back. It's not our dog though. It's our neighbor's dog. But, um, I didn't think when I started installing tanks that I would be doing it for this long. I mean, it's only been a year, but I didn't really know how it was going to work out. It turns out it's working out pretty well. I've had the opportunity to go a lot of different places both here in the U.S. and up in Canada, which has been way cool. I've enjoyed traveling sometimes. Sometimes it's shitty and sometimes it's fun. Most of the times it's fun. Um, And then the podcast. Like the podcast has been... Oh, I had a hair in my mouth. (laughs) The podcast has been fun. Um, It's been neat to watch it grow and change. Did somebody just shoot the dog? I think so. That's what it sounds like. Still okay. Yeah, no, it's hollering and pain. (laughs) No. Um, podcast has been really, really fun and it's been, it's been fun to see how it's shifted and changed, just changed and how it's continued to evolve in different ways and ways that I've gone with it. And I'm incredibly happy that I'm still doing the podcast a year later. I think it's pretty damn neat. I do too. That's why I had such reservation about like those 15 years. What do you mean? Cause it's one of the things I said to you is. Your podcast is great. It's always been great. I'm a lovey supporting wife. It was great. It was good. You had the beginning stuff. It was good. It but was good. <laughs> it was. No, no, it was. But it shifted to where, um, you know, of course, you know, start out listening because I'm supportive of you. This is your podcast. Seriously, sounds like I know part. somebody's taking shots at that dog. <laughs> um was listening, supporting you, and the episodes that were coming in, trying to fit in the busy and supporting you, and 
even with that, it was, there was always something that I got from the podcast and somewhere along the way that shifted from, um, supporting my husband who I love to, I can't wait for the next one. Hurry up and release it. I want to listen. And it's, it's a good podcast that it's, of course, I support you still and I love you, but I don't listen as a supportive wife. I listen as a very, very big fan. So, well, of course, you're a big fan. <laughs> but I, I explained the difference. Before, yes. it was a supportive role, and I will always be supportive if, you know, you start to tank down. I'm still going to listen, but it's it's a good podcast. I'm excited for it. It's it's no longer a supportive wife. wife. For the reason I'm listening to it. So if you think about it just from the, um, so I'm curious, um, from the perspective or angle of like, if you can give me some input or some feedback from like the best perspective that you can outside of being my wife from just a fan of the podcast from the time that you started listening to, to now, like the kind of episodes we've been doing in the last, I don't know, two, three months, maybe, maybe the first part of this year. The conversations have shifted. Um, I love the energy aspect of it, but it was very much um, ah, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Um, just a search for people that practice energy, whatever it may look like in their story, what they were doing, spread the word, which is great. Like, I think that's huge. But you were. Um, you were engaging in them, which was good to keep them talking, but a lot of it you were, I don't know if it's absent, that's not the word. You're just, you're more involved in it now. You talk more, you're more engaging. You seem to really, really enjoy the conversations with the people that you're having. You're having some great conversations that are energetic and there's just this great mutual exchange where information is gone and you have these like relations with them and it's funny. I'll get emotional. I'll bust up laughing. <laughs> Sometimes I get pissed off. It's they hit, they trigger. It's real conversation and it's really good. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> you, uh, we did the one, uh, the one right before this, the one with Shira mm -hmm. up in Montana and you were listening in on that one. Cause we drove it to Montana and everything like that. And I want to talk about that too, cause there's an aspect of our trip to Montana that I want to talk about, but, um, you got to just sit in and listen to that as it happened. And then of course you go back and listen to it afterwards. Mm -hmm. I don't, have you had a chance to listen yeah. to that one to the recording of that one yet? But, um, of course <laughs> <laughs> that was fun, right? Yes. It was a lot of fun. It was really hard to, uh, cause I usually listen to it when I'm driving and so I can talk as much as I want during it. I can ask the questions. You know, you guys can't hear me and answer back, obviously. But it was so hard because so many things you guys were hitting on that it was like, it's, it's going to be weird if this voice comes from the back <laughs> and starts talking. So to remind myself to be quiet as it was so good, it was so engaging that I would start to pull into the conversation and want to ask a question or join in and trying to just be quiet and let you guys go and have that conversation. It was, it was good. It yeah. was really good. She's a neat lady. She is a neat lady. <clears throat> so catch everybody up from where your life has uh, evolved and changed and all the wonderful, magnificent, different ways that it has in the past year. Well, the, the big thing is the big shift. I left my career on a whim. I've, um, 
had a passion that I wanted to do, but I've always had excuses for not doing it, whether or not it was being comfortable with, I guess, personal boundaries going away or finance or however. I've always um, been drawn to massage along with other energy aspects that you can incorporate into that or massage before you know doing extra things doing cranial sacral doing whatever before I knew what I was doing just I enjoyed that and I would start to have a poll how we could make that work but what do you mean I have to be naked with the classroom <laughs> and get massages happy but I can give massages but have somebody touch me no way I can't do that what do you mean it's thousands and thousands of dollars no I guess we can't do that and stay employed stay employed do what you're supposed to do society says that in order to make it to be stable to be providing you have to do this you have to do this and to try and break those that it just hit there were so many things and it just hit on a whim so I quit my job and enrolled in massage school and I've been doing that for a few months and I'm very happy <laughs> very happy you are very, very different happy. person i think so tell me what was if you can think about it or if you can sum it up in some some key ways because that's something that is so massively huge for people where people have a passion they have um something that they want to be doing but they can't make that leap from from their paying gig from their job that they have whether it's a regular paycheck has benefits has you know, comfort and consistency, even though they're miserable and unhappy, because for a long time you really liked your job. Um, you enjoyed it. I guess we should tell people what it was. You were a dispatcher, a 911 operator. You were a sergeant for the dispatch, the dispatch center that you worked at, and you enjoyed it immensely. But I did. then it shifts and changes over time, and you get to that point where you're kind of miserable in that spot, and you have this other thing that you want to be doing, this other passion, this other desire. So what, what was it? Can you think of something or a, a series of things that kind of gave you the opportunity to finally make that leap and walk away from that, that comfort and that routine and that consistent paycheck to jump out into this space where a lot of things were unknown and you're just going to take the leap? Well, it was definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, a series of events that led to one massive event, I guess. And I guess it was my make or break moment. And it's funny how many make or break moments we actually get, because I've had many make or break moments. The difference is the moments usually ended up breaking me into surrendering and this is what I'm supposed to do, follow this. All the what ifs were too much. I started, um, having a lot of, I guess we'll say, physical manifestations of the emotional stress. So it was physically tearing me down, emotionally tearing me down. Um, I I don't want to come off like I didn't love the job because I loved the job. What did you love about it? I loved um, the thing that I loved that I just was the moment that I was happy and that I felt like I was doing what I was supposed to be doing is when I was on the phones and I was on the radio. 
that's the part. Um, it's all the after stuff, all the back work, all the, I guess the rules where you're, you're pulled off the channel, pulled off the phones. And when you have to just handle, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to say well, it without making it sound like I'm slamming. Well, no, you were in a supervisor role and there's a lot of things that supervisors have to do outside of regular routine work of just being a 911 operator. Yes. And that was the shit that started to get to, to wear on you all the, all the administration and not administration, but all the administrative aspects of the work and the job and um, the politics involved in it. <laughs> and I mean, you get that anywhere that you work. Yeah. The politics were hard. Um, having to enforce things that I did not believe in, that I didn't think were right, that I would have to carry down was very difficult. Um, and then there's also the, the aftermath of being on the phones, being on the radio, the crappy calls, the stuff that you don't get closure from the stuff that, you know, the difference is, you know, we're, we're not on scene. We're behind the scene. We are completely removed from it. We just hear, we, we just hear what's going on. We just hear the chaos. We just hear and what we're left with is the painter, the picture we paint with our imaginations. And that's our closure. And that was, there's some stuff that's really hard that replays. Um, so the job's wonderful. I loved it. I love when we could act and go and move and make a difference. But it was, it was not where I needed to be. It wasn't feeling me. It was, it was taking me down. It was coming through in our family life and the way I, I handled things and disconnected from a lot of things and disconnect from you, disconnect from the kids, trying to be connected, trying to figure out why the hell I couldn't connect with myself. And um, so a whole series of events. I won't continue rambling about that because I feel like that's all I'm doing is rambling and a lot of ums. I'll try and wrap that up. But a whole bunch of series of things to where what I was feeling, what I wanted to do was coming more and more and more. And then the more I had the drive to branch out and do other things as we talked about it was like six month goals six month goals and I'm gonna quit in six months don't know what I'm gonna be doing I don't care if I'm working at Maverick I'm gonna be the hell out of that situation you know what was <coughs> what was the date that we had set do you remember it was like February something um yeah first we had six months that came and went <coughs> and then we did it again and it was February and I think it was like god I don't remember it was gonna be in February I don't remember what the exact date was it was like 22nd, I think. And then I had had the dream of where I got told 90 days. And I was like, 90 days? You know, if it had been like 67 or just an odd, weird number, but a complete even rounded number, I'm like, oh, I'm just creating that in my head. 90 days. And then 90 days hit that 90-day mark. It was like, I think it was like February 2nd or that's going to be my graduation date. <laughs> <laughs> Of the, the following year, but it was like February 2nd and it didn't happen. And I was trying to figure out, you know, what the hell. So that meant nothing. There, there was nothing there. But it was around that time that I had this moment in the shower that was, gosh, I think it was, I don't remember which day I had the, do you remember me telling you about the shower? I remember you telling me about it. I don't remember, I don't that remember date, what though. date it was. Anyways, it was just this complete, um, like shutdown this complete felt like the surrender of the break things were just 
I was on the floor in the shower. Everything was just too heavy. And then I started, started seeing all these things on the way it could work and how I could make the school work and how we could supplement the income and just everything just mapped out completely. And I remember standing up and deciding at that moment, that's it. I'm quitting. going to figure it out. I'm going to school. This is how it's going to happen. This is, it's just going to work. I just know it's going to work. And then trying to figure out how to have the conversation with you because you were gone at the time. I don't know what state or hell if you were even in the country at that time. <laughs> I don't remember where you were. But I, you know, obviously didn't tell you on the phone while you're like, by the way, babe, I'm going to quit my job and go to school. <laughs> Woohoo, hurry home. You know, it was something that I was sitting with because it was something that I had already decided and it wasn't, um, like, it's going to make me sound like such an asshole. It wasn't something that I was really including you in. And I don't mean in the big picture. I mean in the decision. I'd made the decision, and I didn't know how to break that to you because I wasn't going with, you know, hey, babe, what do you think? What do you, it was, I'm going to do this. I kind of need to do this, and this is where I'm at, and this is what's going to happen. And that's not really something that is like me. Usually it's, um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to run dinner by you. I'm going to run this by you, not, by the way, I'm going to completely shake up our lives and I'm just letting you know as an FYI, <laughs> <laughs> this is what's happening. Um, so when we had the conversation, it was March 12th. I remember it was March 12th because after our big conversation, realized it was my great grandma's birthday and told you that this is what I want to do. This is what I'm doing. I hope you're okay with it. It just like, I kept it in that amount of time just with this planning and figuring out and looking at the schools that came up. And I just kept going back to this one that had been popping in my space for quite a while. So I kind of just laid it all out on you that this is what I decided that I couldn't do it anymore, that I was tired of not being home with you guys. I was tired of not being able to be home when I was actually home. I was tired of missing goodnight kisses and missing holidays and missing birthdays and missing fun adventures because mom's always at work or mom got called in or being on the phone and on my email and what the hell's going on now and having to take this and working even on the days off, whether it was which agency I was talking to for whatever had to get taken care of. I was done with all that. Um, and letting you know that I was going to go to the school. I'd already looked at the prices, looked at that, and this was what's... And <laughs> your reaction killed me. Do you even remember your reaction? You probably have to clarify probably. so that people don't realize that. <laughs> His... <laughs> your reaction, when I told you this, you just sat there stone face and listened to me. And let me tell you that... I spoke from my heart of what I wanted and really took a stance for what I wanted instead of, hey, what do you think about this? What is this? What are, what are my parents going to think? What is everybody going to think? I'm going to let everybody down. Everybody, you know, just like, hey, this is what I want. I found something I want. I'm going for something that I want, and this is how it's going to be. And I got done with all that blah, coming out on you. And... I'm going to tattle on you. That's okay. Go ahead. Okay. You, um, 
started crying (laughs) and gave me this big hug and told me how much you loved me and how proud of me you were that I, and that was like, oh my God. (laughs) That was huge. That support right there, that, that pure love that you have for me. Like, yes, baby, of course, do what you want. Follow your heart. It's what I've been trying to tell you. You're the one that's been saying, no, no, you have to do this. I've been pushing you to do what you want. And you're like, ah. So that, that was pretty neat. Um, I put in the application for the school. And before I even heard back, it was the very next day I put in my notice at work. <laughs> before I knew I even got in the school because, yeah, I knew, knew. I was getting in the yeah, school. I knew I was going to start on April 4th. <clears throat> I knew the class was going to have a spot for me. I knew the financial was going to work. I I was going and I took, you know, we've had a few people drop out. But at that point, I took the very last slot for the class that was holding it for me. And I started April 4th and everything worked out. And I've been going to school since April 4th. And April 4th? April 4th. 4-4. Uh-huh. There's an 8. There's an 8. I don't know. And kicking ass from there, <laughs> you know. Yes. You so, were definitely meant to go there. Definitely. It's a great school. So what have you noticed in, oh, because you've been going for about three months now, mm-hmm. outside of like the amazing, Gosh, that's so, it seems like, like that's such a, a short, it's a long time, but it seems like a short amount of time yeah, too, right? Yeah, it's such a short amount of time. There's been so many massive changes and it's like when you say only three months, like holy shit. Well, what are some of the it? massive changes? Me, my confidence, I, mean, I still, I'm not, you know. Suddenly I'm this most confident person and I know exactly what I want out of life and what's going to happen and nothing ever bothers me. You know, that's crap. That's not it. But as far as I'm, I am different. I'm happy. I'm healthier. You know, there's still aspects that I have to watch. There's still things that are coming up that are stuff that I have to work through. But all the massive ailments that were affecting me before have gone my confidence level, how I behave, how I talk to people, just being able to go talk to people, being able to <laughs> be, I'm not comfortable in my own skin. I um, shy away from physical contact a lot with other people. You have to be close to me. Like I don't, I'm not a person that walks up to you and just gives you a big hug and hi, how are you? I've seen you once before. Let me give you a hug. That's not me. You know, This is my bubble back the hell out. Um, I could always step away with that when somebody needed help. I could always step into somebody else's bubble and be that support. But as far as opening myself up and allowing somebody to actually be in my space, that was something that was, you know, let me help you. Don't try to help me. I can be there for you. Don't try and, you know, I can't accept that, but I can be there for you. So I think that, um, you know, I still struggle at times, but I think I'm much more open to that. I think I let people in my space a lot. It's like, you know what? I need some help right here. I'm not even going to wait and then try and say, no, I got it. I got it. It's uh, I'm going to put my hand up and say, hey, you want to walk over here for a second? Because I need some help <laughs> with this. And by the way, I'm naked and that's okay. So come on over this way. <laughs> we should preface yeah. like uh, it's totally normal in massage school. It's not, it's not a nude massage school. <laughs> but obviously you We're have. We're under a sheet. Yeah, you're under a sheet and you have to, you know, obviously learn how to give massage and. The best way to give massage is, it, I mean, you can't massage somebody over their clothes very effectively, and that's obviously not how you you're can. going to learn. Sports massage, that's but true. not good massage, not sweetest massage, yeah. not all those, yeah. So. Yes, we are very 
um, modestly draped. We are nude under that, but that's your comfort level. Um, there's never any any genital genitalia, however. There's not, never any of that exposed except for when you're in a classroom and there's a draping mishap. But that's what the classrooms are for, so it doesn't happen with your <laughs> clients. Um, so everything is very covered. It's very modest, but that to me was still, you know, very... So very out of my element, very something I was not comfortable with. And now I can walk around in the beach in a bikini and I'm fine because I'm learning to be comfortable in my skin. Well, you said earlier that you weren't comfortable in your skin. Mm-mm. And that's one thing that's massively changed over this short amount of time where you feel much more comfortable, not just in your skin, but kind of moving through life and through situations that, you know, prior to that would have made you feel uncomfortable and you just kind of move through them now. Why, why do you feel like before that or throughout your life, have you felt what, what, why do you feel like you've, I'm rambling as well. What, 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 as well. <laughs> uh, why do you feel like you've been uncomfortable in your skin? Um, like, what is it? Like, what, I kind of don't, I mean, I guess I kind of understand what that is because there's times that I kind of feel uncomfortable in my skin, but maybe I don't have a lot of awareness of it. Like, why do you feel uncomfortable or used to feel uncomfortable in your skin? Describe that more for people. All the rambling that I was doing, suddenly I'm at a loss for words. The only thing that I can think of is I was very good at hiding. I was used to hiding, always had to hide, always had to, always had to hide. So hide from what? What you're feeling, what you experienced, what hide from life you just had to keep it all bottled up and covered up and you know what is that um what is that saying like uh <sighs> boy you've got me on the i like to challenge people on the <laughs> podcast a little um i guess it's easy for me to ramble about things and um but you I think know, it's an important your, thing. Pull up your big girl pants and, you know. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people move through life that way. Did that leaf, I think I just had a leaf finally fall in my drink. No, it landed on your phone. Cool. Um, a lot of people move through life that way where they do feel uncomfortable in their skin and they still progress and they still move forward. And a lot of times, you know, outwardly you can't necessarily tell. It's not until you really learn about that person and get to know that person that you realize that that's kind of how they feel and how they move through life. But um, <clears throat> maybe maybe something that you could talk about or address or, or discuss or share is having moved through life that way and now moving through life in a different way, what, like, what do you think is the benefit? Like, how much better do you feel now than you did, you know, three, four, five, six months, even a year ago, because you stopped even really registering that anymore. Because we've talked about this personally between the two of us where you don't really recognize anymore that um, you just do things now. You don't necessarily move through life that way where you're, you know what I mean, nervous and anxious and concerned about this or concerned about that or whatever. A lot of times you would stay stuck in, in activity as opposed to actually moving through things. And it's just because you are in that space of feeling uncomfortable in your own skin and in your environment. So what you notice now um, are some of the benefits from or the differences 
think it's a lot of shedding, shedding the shame, honestly, shedding the shame, getting rid of the, um, no longer feeling like I don't have a right to be here. I don't have a right to be heard. I don't have a right to want or to ask for anything. Um, getting past the, you should be grateful for what you have. You should, which you should be, you should be grateful, but gratitude's huge. Yeah. Gratitude's huge. Um, but being like, how dare you ask for anything else? Look at everything you have. How dare you ask for happiness? You know, this isn't about you. You need to do this. You need to make this happen. It's, um, it's, it's a big, it's just a right to be here, a right to be happy, you know, to live a life, not have to, to live a life, not just have to survive a life. So we're going to put like an Oprah spin on it. Oh boy. I was watching Oprah's Super Soul Sunday this morning. Is it going to be too windy? I don't think it's going to be too windy. It's a nice little breeze. Well, I don't know how it'll sound. No, it's going to be fine. Okay. Um, but we'll put a little Oprah spin on it where you kind of reclaim some power. Yeah. Where you kind of had the opportunity, even unbeknownst to yourself, to um, bring back parts of you and who you are and reclaim some of that power and some of that, um, not just reclaim the power, but also shed the fear and the shame. And like you talked about where, do you know what I mean? You do... Uh, have worth, you have value, you belong places, like it's okay, all those kind of different things. And so it's been beautiful for me to watch. (laughs) I mean, it really has. It's been a really neat process to watch even in this short amount of time, these last three months that you've been in school where all the different things that you've changed and evolved and shifted and um, moved through has been really kind of fascinating and exciting for me is it because i'll wear a bikini now instead of a t-shirt and shorts <laughs> i'm definitely not complaining we just got back from a nice week-long uh vacation to a lake beautiful lake bear lake and it was it was wonderful to be out in the sun and everything like that so yes that's a wonderful perk is your husband <laughs> but um oh what was i gonna say oprah spin yeah the oprah spin but um damn it I distracted you with my bikini. Yeah, you did. No, I'm just sitting there thinking about you. <laughs> um, but I think it's really, I think it's, I think some people, I think you got to that breaking point. I think you got to that spot in your life where finally you were able to take that leap and do it outside of all the fear that you, because you still had fear. You still had all the things yeah. that you were worried about, all the things that, you know, so many times when people try to make that leap in life and move towards something that they want to do, they stay stuck and they don't actually do it because of all the fear surrounding it. But I think what's important, I think that both of us have done it at certain times. And I think that it's important that people realize that they have to continually do it where you still have to make that leap even when there's fear surrounding it. Yeah, the fear was still there. Yeah. And and you did it. I, did I mean, it. you made the leap. Yes, I did. And then next time, that leap's going to be easier. Uh, maybe it's a bigger leap next time. So you're going to have even more fear and different fear, and it's going to feel even more kind of encompassing and keeping you in that space. But you have this experience now that you can draw from and look back on and be like, look what I've done, look what I've gone through. I made this decision, and I did it, and it's amazing, and I'm... Do you know what I mean? I'm succeeding and I'm excelling in all these different ways. 
And I think it's a really powerful thing that people, I mean, how many people do we know? How many people do we know? How many people do we talk to where they just stay stuck in all that fear surrounding their life and their experiences and their decisions? And it's heartbreaking when you can see it from the outside. So if you have somebody, let's pretend that you're talking to somebody because you know plenty of people um, that stay stuck in that space. Like, what do you think, and I don't even know if there is something, I think that it's almost like, it's almost like the attic that has to hit rock bottom and then go below rock bottom and then bottom, 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 bottom to finally get to clean and finally get to the spot where they're going to pull out of that. Yeah. Like, what, what do you think would be something that you could give somebody who's in that space? Because just telling them to jump and not worry about the fear that they have surrounding it, they may uh, register that and realize that, but at the same time, What's going to help them make that leap? You know, you can say all the things. You can say, it's going to be okay. You know, you can make that jump as long. Just just do it. Just believe in yourself. Believe in what's going to happen. Put out there what you want. You can say all the right things. And it's not... It's not so much what you can say to somebody else and that, I mean, you can put that energy out there for them. You can say those things, you can be there. You can let them know that you're going to be there. But I really don't know if there's anything that you can say to anybody else other than they just have to feel it on their own. I, you're going to take a picture of me right now. Um, baby, you're encouraging. You like, I don't know how many times you told me that you didn't want me to work there anymore. That you wanted me to be happy. You wanted me to do what I wanted to do. You know, hearing that, you know, how many people have that from their spouse where they're like, yeah, baby, quit your job. Go find your happiness. That doesn't happen. But you were right there. I didn't feel like I could. And that's like I'm saying, the make or break points where people let it break them and go and yeah, but yeah, but what if, if this happens and you know, we're going to lose everything. We're going to lose the house. We're not going to be able to feed. This isn't, you know, it's not going to work. It's every person has to find that spot within themselves. And every make or break moment that feels like the end of the world is really, it's not even a make or break moment. It's a make moment. They're all make moments. You just don't realize it at the time because you feel so broken. I mean, there I was just horrible thoughts and at the bottom of the shower floor sobbing by myself in the dark trying to and then all of a sudden I just stood up nobody said anything to me nobody well I'm sure I had people talking to me in that moment but the voices in your head the voices in my head <laughs> but that was I found my footing and the support that came after that so I think maybe just showing people it's possible, but it looks so unreal because we, you know, you see people that make it, you see people that take the leaps and it's always the, oh, I wish I could do that. If I had this opportunity or if this happens, or I'm going to wait for this moment to happen. And when this happens, then, then I can do it. And then when that happens, because you put that out there, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then I'll take the sleep. Then you have five other things or 10 other things or 20 other things. How many other things that pop up and jump in the way? Whether and look like when I put in my notice, I got, I got promised from my employer everything 
that would have made me stay originally. Everything that I wanted, I had the hours that I wanted. I had, it was just like, here, this is what you've been working for. Sorry. And I have, I've been striving for that. But at that moment, I was so profound in my moment and finding myself that none of that mattered. You had that pull for a minute, but the decision was made. So (sighs) what can you say to somebody else? It's possible. We're sitting here. It's possible. You and I have both taken the, the leap. We have made the changes. We have decided to not be corporate world, to not be yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. This is what happens. This is what I don't believe in. This is what to follow our heart's passion. And if your passion is corporate, if your passion is that, then there is nothing wrong with that. If that wasn't my passion, that wasn't your passion. So that's, that's what the problem was. But it, it works. Are, are we sleeping on hundred dollar bills and rolling and throwing a <laughs> hell no, but are we making it, you know, something that you said, from our struggles and our successes financially from what society says has not shifted at all from where we were both employed to where now we're doing things differently. <laughs> You're doing what freelance, what do you call it? Uh, contract work. Contract. That's, <laughs> but you're not a yes, sir. You don't have to go in nine to five. You don't have this stuff. You don't have to miss help. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like you I have... haven't worked in, did I, I don't, I don't know if I've traveled this month. <laughs> May have been June was the last build. Maybe the first Maybe. part of July. No, because it was the fourth. So yeah, I haven't worked in like three weeks. Yeah. And I haven't worked in three months. Yeah. And it's no different. Like when you said that, like the. We're still paying the bill. Things happen. It works out. It works out. It only doesn't work out when you get lost in the what ifs and you listen to panics when you put it out there. Like it sounds, I know it sounds foo-foo. I know it sounds just like make-believe. It sounds like a fairy tale, but I really believe that what you decide is going to happen is exactly what's going to happen. You know, whether you're calling it manifesting, whether you're calling it the law of attraction, whether you're calling it will, whether you're calling it, I don't, I don't know. God, God, universe, source, um, whether you think it's a plan, whether you feel like you make the plan, I I don't know. Call it whatever the hell you want to call it. Just believe it. If you believe shit's going to happen, guess what? Shit's going to happen. When you're looking at the car, the car's going to hit me. The car's going to hit me. The car's going to hit me. Guess what? Either the car hits you or you hit the car because you're focusing on it. If you think everything's going to work out and you put in your notice and know you're going to get accepted into a program that may or may not be filled, it's the very, you know, it's going to happen. It's (laughs) just believe, believe in yourself, find your strength. Stand up, pick your ass up. I think one of the, I agree with you completely wholeheartedly. I think one of the, um, because the reality is like you have wanted to leave for over a year prior to when you, I mean, even, do you know what I mean? Like it's not something that happened when it finally happened. It happened overnight in a sense. Yes. When the decision was finally made and everything was put into motion, it essentially happened overnight. I struggled in it for a long time. But yeah, you were in that space for a long time. And so I think that's important for people to realize where if you are in that space, if you are in that spot of 
wanting to do something different, wanting to make that leap and wanting to jump off and, you know, because essentially we're working for ourselves now, right? You're going to school so that you can become a licensed massage therapist and do what you are passionate about and what you love. Um, maybe that's not for you. Maybe that's not for everybody. If you just want to shift positions and go to a different job or you have some other, do you know what I mean? That's perfectly fine. But just because it feels like you can't at this point, I think everybody's always on that path. Everybody's always, like we say, everybody's always right where they're supposed to be. And so don't get discouraged if you've been, if you've been thinking about something for the past year or the past two years or five years, don't feel like it's too late and, you know, well, my opportunity has passed up and I'm just going to leave this as the daydream in the back of my mind that I think about on my ride home from work. It's never too late. The opportunity is always going to be there. And the reality is you owe, you are always right where you're supposed to be. So everything's spinning in that beautiful rotation of synchronicity in the universe that eventually it's going to line up to where things are going to happen for you. But then there will come that point where you have to leap. And I think people get so afraid of that moment, so afraid of that, that, um, that spot where they do have to take that leap. But I think if we look at it in a different light and look at it from a different perspective, the realization or the reality of it is that we have always consistently, everybody across the board, I think, always makes those leaps. And we don't realize it. Like one of the things that I always remind myself of is that like that stupid meme where um, you've survived, you know, every, like your worst day, you've survived it. Like everything that you've been through in your life that's been heart-wrenching and, you know, completely earth-shattering, you've survived it and you've gotten through it. All of those things are little tiny leaps and little jumps and sometimes huge jumps. And so you consistently do it on a regular basis. We just don't look at it that way. And we don't realize that every time we've been confronted with massive amounts of fear that are keeping us stuck, seemingly, um, we always jump through it. We always move through it, even when it doesn't feel like it. Very much. Very much. It was... um you know, honestly, it's, yeah, the last, I guess, year, year and a half, hell, maybe two years, probably, um, has been wanting more, but not being happy, wanting to go. When you make that decision, you put it out there and it's, you know, there's lots of worse days. It's not like, oh, (sighs) gosh. There are so many things to, I still have to work on and I still have to get over. And there's, you know, so many reasons of why I would choose areas to stay stuck. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 37. It's never too late. And yeah, depending on where you are on the spectrum of listening to this, 37 can sound really young or 37 can sound like damn you're old, you know. I'd like to think we have some teenage listeners. (laughs) That teenage daughters, but their dumbasses don't listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So where you're at, I started this late. I started a lot of things late. I started my career in dispatch late in life. I, um, it was a necessity. Everything that I was looking for was a necessity to get me through whatever hell I was facing at that moment into a better spot, you know, 
getting that job at the dispatch center where I got back into work, I was a, I was a stay at home mom for a while, had a really, I don't know how to say it, um, very volatile, is that the word? Tumultuous. Tumultuous, had a very tumultuous, tumultuous, that's easy, (laughs) um, first marriage that was, it was hell. My, my kids had a hell of a life in me going back to work. You know, I started in dry cleaners and then I went to rent a car and then I worked in a bank for a minute and I just continually climbed and then I got this dispatch job and hallelujah, I'm making money. I can, I can support my kids. That was always my goal is to get enough. So I was completely independent and could support and get them to a safe spot. That was the only thing that mattered in life. I was going to fix this mistake that I had made for them. I was going to fix this. I was going to get them out of that hell. I was going to get me out of that hell, I guess. But it was, it was them. And then I got this and my marriage ended and it's, (laughs) it's still rocky with the aspect of the way that he lives his life. But, um, like the thought of shaking that up when that was my main goal of damn it, I'm going to be secure. Damn it. I'm going to make sure that they're taken care of. I'm going to have this job. I'm going to have this security never again. Am am I going to put them in a situation where we don't have a choice and to (laughs) need to get out of that is insane. It's like, it's, it was crazy. Like I can look back two years ago. I can look back three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, and you're going to tell me that I'm going to make this leap, that I'm going to get a sergeant's position and be secure, have benefits, have a paycheck that is. You're making was, decent money. I was making decent money. Mm-hmm. And hey, we're gonna we're gonna just gonna throw that away and go to school and start to think about what makes me happy. Hell no, that is not. I wouldn't have entertained that thought. Because that wasn't my drive. Everything, I put myself in bad position after bad position from a history of, a long history of abuse on me, which turned into abusing myself. Choosing things that were not healthy for me because I didn't believe I deserved any better. Which led to my kids being born into a world where I thought I didn't deserve any better. You know, that goes back to the having a right to be here, having a right to live, which is something that's huge. That's something that I haven't had. You know, thinking that I deserved this. I mean, I was great at thinking I deserved this whenever anything bad would happen. It was my fault. I deserved this. I made this happen if, you know, something was going well. That was that was going to, oh my God, that's something that hasn't so that's cool that's a realization just had sure um and something was going well i would always think it's going to end good things never last good things turn to crap good things turn to fear good things turn to pain it doesn't last it's false um that moment that you let your guard down things are going too well then bam that's when it that's when it hurts the most you keep your guard up always you always expect the worst expect the worst and you're prepared for it um you know look at 87 ways that things are going to go to shit. So when it goes to shit, you have a plan for it. You know how to move through it. You know what to do. Um, 
that like, it hasn't occurred to me that this might not work. Like, I know it's going to work. You know, I still get nervous about quizzes and, oh my God, am I going to fill this quiz? Because it's really not just learn how to massage a person and stop. You know, everything, the school I'm going to is great. It's going to Healing Mountain in Salt Lake and it's... We the, should plug it, Healing Mountain we, Massage School, right? Yes. <laughs> and if you are going to, if you are thinking about going to massage school, I highly, highly, highly recommend you check out that school. Um I looked at the other ones, but this is the one that would always pop up, and it was where I wanted it. has energy classes that you work in. You're learning cranial sacral. You're learning Reiki. You're learning um, <clears throat> reflexology. There's just so many that keep going, and their standards are incredible. Like I talk about being naked in, in a whole classroom in front of a bunch of people. You know, I'm talking about this sheet, but everything is so modest and professional. Like they keep you safe. They keep you safe. You're safe in the environment, and they teach you how to be safe when you get your license. And when you're going out there, they teach you techniques and what to look out for and how to market yourself safe. And the atmosphere is just, you're not just a plug, just a number that goes through. The classes are small. They care about you. Every single person there is invested in you. The, from... You know, well, I haven't met the CEO, but I'm sorry. It's just, it's such, it's just such, I, I know it sounds like a plug. Healing Mountain does not, you know, they're not endorsing this. We're not getting any kickback from this. From this. <laughs> there is nothing, but, um, you know, if they want to, because we're plugging it so hard, that's cool. <laughs> you know, you know I'm, I'm actually paying them. So with the tuition, but it's, it's such a neat environment. It has helped me open up to who I am and be accepted to who I am. There are such a variety of people. And it's it's just so incredible. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, talking about, I don't even remember where the hell I was going before this. Well, well, one of the things I want to talk about, because you, you mentioned it in, the, in, the, in where you were going and what you were talking about. You were talking about how you would always look for all the ways that things would go wrong. Yes. You would look for 87 different ways of shit that would happen and go wrong so that you were prepared for it, so that you had a plan for it, so that you were ready when those things happened. Mm -hmm. And then those things would happen. Mm -hmm. And now you're at a point where you don't even consider, uh, like it hasn't even popped up on your radar or on your screen where this may not work, this may not happen. You feel so confident about this happening. And I think that speaks massively to energy and to the universe and the way that we know that it works where wherever you direct your attention and your focus it's that law of attraction shit that where we're where you're looking and where you're thinking and where your energy is invested is where you're going to go and so you lived a big chunk of your life looking one direction waiting for shitty things to happen looking for all the ways things that were going to fall apart and ways that you were going to have to protect and insulate and all these type of different things And then slowly that shifts and changes to where you don't look at life that way anymore and you look at all the opportunities that could be there, all the ways that life could present itself. And then when it finally does present itself, you move into it. And I think that's massive. I think that's huge. I think that's a very clear way of practical, real life experience of the law of attraction. Like... We don't speak a lot about the law. Like we've had tons of episodes about the law of attraction. We've had people that have been on the podcast who, I guess, specialize in it, but who make it, you know, their work, the law of attraction. And I think it's massively huge and I think it's a real thing and I think it's important. 
but I don't think you have to dive so deep into it to where, because the reality is we don't live our life that way. We're not constantly thinking about, you know, what thoughts, you know, what our thoughts are manifesting or sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that. But when you shift your focus towards positive things and positive thought and staying in that mindset, typically stay there. Typically that's something that, you know, good things happen. I think one of the really, um, we're going to shift gears a little bit, babe, so I can talk about, um, the podcast that I was recently on. Uh, but one of the things that I've realized and recognized was how different I am two years ago when I was a police officer, right? And how we couldn't go anywhere unless I was carrying, um, I always had like my, my go bag and six knives on me and totally prepared for everything that could possibly happen in any situation that we were ever in. Right. And I loved moving through life that way because it made me feel safe and it made me feel prepared. And I was going to be able to protect my family and the people that I loved. And when I was at work, it was protecting the people that I loved at work and the guys that I worked with and all those kind of different things. And now I don't move through life that way at all anymore. Mm -hmm where I don't carry a gun anymore. I don't even carry a knife on me anymore. I'm not constantly looking for the threats as we're moving around. Um, and I know that there's a big chunk of people out there that think that's a naive way of moving through life where you're just, you know, uh, turning a blind eye to the realities of the world and society. And it's only a matter of time, but I really truly think that, um, you know, nothing's happened. Nothing happened either. Like, you know, obviously things happened when I was on duty and I was a police officer. <laughs> um, but nothing happened to us when I was off duty and I was prepared for everything. We never had that experience, but I think that because my focus and everything shifted and directed in a different way, uh, we're pretty much moving towards like good things and positive things. And I'm not overly concerned or worried about negative things happening to us because we're always looking towards, you know, the good in the world that exists and the positive energy that's out there. And maybe sometimes we don't have continual awareness of it because we get distracted. But I think overall on a consistent basis, that's what we're doing. You're definitely better at it than I am. You've been doing it longer. It <laughs> took me like... It was harder for me to adjust to you adjusting that way than I think it was for you adjusting that way because you were ready to let go. And I'm still in that environment. I'm still working in that field. And I'm still hearing all of the, oh, and... Not now. We're talking about after I left law enforcement, yeah. you were still in law enforcement. Still, You're still in dispatch. And that was like, whew, that was, <laughs> that was hard. You know, for me to, you know, I tried to keep so much, so much of that to myself too, because it was like, I don't want you to be stuck in something that you don't have to be stuck in anymore, but God damn it. You know? <laughs> Bad shit's out there. I got used to where we're going to sit in the restaurant. I got used to looking all these ways. But the thing is, is that that's, those were like the chaos that I was choosing to still spin in. They, I get a leaf just fell on my head. and <laughs> um, You know, I, I kind of get pissed off at the thought of choosing. Like, 
I was choosing to stay in that. I wasn't. I was and I wasn't. Like, I didn't have a choice. That was the way you always had, gosh, you're expecting people to lie to you. Expecting, you know, you have to keep looking out. And they're still, and, you know, you still recognize people. You still recognize people. I still recognize, you know, names. There's a lot, you know. Yeah, we were like at the bank the other day. I yeah. remember that not too long ago, like two weeks ago or something, we were at the bank and you and I were sitting there waiting for the super fun, shitty teller that we were dealing with to come <laughs> talk to us. And there was a guy standing in line and he was a guy that I used to deal with all the time when I was a cop and dealt with him on a regular, consistent basis. And I couldn't stop looking at him. I couldn't stop watching him. I couldn't stop waiting I couldn't stop any of that. So much of that was ingrained from before where had I ever encountered that guy before, I had to be completely on point in regards to, you know, whatever he was going to be doing. And, um, like that was kind of funny. Like, it's funny that, cause he didn't recognize me. I know he didn't recognize yeah. me cause he never had any point of, you know, recognition, but I immediately recognized who he was and who knows if he's still, you know, involved in criminal activity or whatever the case may be. But it's funny how even though we don't, even though I don't have to move through life that way anymore and I choose not to and it's not even a, a, a default setting anymore, there's times where it's really easy to just fall back into it if I'm not aware mm -hmm. of it. <sighs> yeah. That was, like, there's so many, like, how you say that, the default settings. Before I dive into default settings, you were you were wanting to talk about the Montana trip and the podcast that you were just on. Yeah, we'll I'll talk about we'll talk about that at the end because I want to throw it at the end so that people go and listen. So they go and listen. Yeah. Well, how close were the end? Do I even go off on this? Tangent? Go off on it, baby. <laughs> um, you know, I still I still struggle with my default settings. It's so funny, and I'll just do like I don't even know how much to say about this, but like. So much of the, like, that I mentioned that I would be ready to jump in and help, but I didn't want help, is because, you know, from, I guess you can say from the abuse that I've encountered, that those that were so willing to help and wanted to be there were the ones that caused so much trauma to me. Um, so... There was that, that huge shut off of, if you want to be in my space, why? What are you going to take? What are you going to do? What, you know, what's, what's coming? What's coming from that? Um, people don't want to be in your space unless they're going to destroy you. And so getting past that to let people in a side, I mean, you, you had to work hard to get into my space. <laughs> you had my attention but you had to work hard to get into my space. And it was, you know, at, still at times it's trying, still at times that default setting comes up to where I'm unstable and not like, oh, I'm unstable, I'm crazy. I just, I feel unstable in the surroundings. And so much shame comes from that to where you blame yourself so much for whatever abuse you encountered. Um, you make it your fault 
well, had I not done this, this wouldn't have happened. Um, if I wouldn't have said this, this wouldn't have happened. If I wouldn't have went to this person for help, this wouldn't have happened. If I wouldn't have trust this person, this wouldn't have happened. And then the toll it takes on yourself to where I, I self-medicated. I, when I was a teenager, it was, you know, it's hard to say is, you know, we just realized, you know, it's like 20 years ago, I was an addict 20 years ago. I hid with, I hid with drugs. I hid my emotions. I didn't have to deal with it. And, you know, when you would get past that, then you would have to deal with this so much stronger, but then you would go use more and you would get past it. And the shame that I had for that, for how angry <laughs> my family was at me, how much I hurt them. It wasn't about the pain that I was in. It was about how much I hurt them and how angry they were with me and how disappointed they were with me that for years, years after when I was clean, they were still angry and cold. And, you know, they would have these moments where they would try to be nice, but they wouldn't want to hear me. Like we'd be at a family dinner and I'd have to go in the bathroom and just sob because <laughs> I was never going to be anything more than an addict to them. The person that screwed up, the person that caused my mom pain when my mom didn't deserve any more pain because my mom had enough to go through. I was nothing more than the person that caused more pain. So there's no time for you. There's no time for whatever pain you're dealing with. There's no time. It's just look what you did. You know, how dare you do that? You, so, you know, I'm, I'm 37 and I just barely got to where I stopped blaming myself for being a teenager and self-medicating and trying to just survive all the pain that I was going through. I was going to say you just barely stopped because you said uh, I'm 37 and, and I just barely Why stopped. Not? You are 37. <laughs> I just barely stopped <clears throat> blaming myself uh, for what I was going to say for the mistakes that you made as a teenager. And they weren't mistakes. It was your coping mechanisms that you had as a teenager because of the life that you led, right? So yes, you blamed yourself for those mistakes and you looked at them as like mistakes and that you, you know, fucked up on all these different ways and all these kind of different things, but you didn't because we have teenage girls and yes, they make mistakes, but we don't look at them like mistakes. It's just their, their life and what they're experiencing and what they're moving through and what they're doing. And that's no different than you when you were that age and us and me and everybody else out there. Yeah. <clears throat> it takes a long time. It takes a long time. But you've done it and you're continuing to do it. And I think that that's important for people too, to realize that no matter at what point they're at in life, that, I mean, how often does this, I, I think this comes up on the podcast a lot because it's so important to me. And I think it's so, so important for me to um, get out there in one sense or, you know, one way, shape or form or another, but life is so much just practice. And yeah. When you're a teenager, you're practicing life. <laughs> you just have a whole bunch of shitty skill sets that to draw from <laughs> because you don't have life behind you and experience behind you. And so it takes time to practice and to learn from your mistakes and to learn from repeated mistakes. And I mean, that's just the, that's the process of practice. I'm practicing. And you're doing I'm great. I'm still practicing. <laughs> Not through it all. Those default settings <laughs> kick up. And, um, <clears throat> but don't you think that you, uh, recognize them when they do more often now, like quicker? <laughs> um, sometimes, 
Sometimes. Um, sometimes it takes me a little bit to get there. Um, I think um, I can still a lot of the non-trust. Like, I think I, I encourage our kids to help people and to help. But as far as the, like, buck up and careful with who you let into you, be careful, don't tell this person this, don't, you know, I think I instilled a lot of being wary of people in them. And, you know, unfortunately with a situation that they have also had to live with growing up for made the shift and um, they started learning that on their own. But it's hard for me to, it's still hard for me to not look at the world as a, as a threat in a sense when it comes to them, you know, because I don't want life for them to be about surviving encounters and situations. I don't want it to be about survival. So I want to protect them and shield and not. And so <laughs> I'm, it's not working. What I mean, mean, it's not working. Well, Our kids are wonderfully happy and safe. They are wonderfully happy and safe, but I can't, I don't want to teach them to be afraid of making connections. Um, and if there's a threat, I want to teach them how to move away from it instead of being completely encompassed by it and see it everywhere. You know, yes, I recognize that as a threat. That's because there's there's people out there that unfortunately are doing some pretty pretty shitty things. You know, so I want them to be able to recognize that and move away instead of thinking, okay, this person's this person, this person. Oh, you want to help? You know, you don't want them to move through life looking for eighty-seven different ways that shit's yes. gonna hurt them, destroy them, yes. life's going to fuck up. I want them to be aware. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to be, you know, oblivious, walking through, skipping, la, 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 everything's fun, and just walk right into, you know, hell. I want them to be aware and trust their gut and trust when they need to move away from a situation, but I don't want them to be looking for it. Yeah. I don't want them to be always looking over their shoulder and afraid to let, oh, you want to talk to me? You want to offer me some help? What, what? You know, I don't want them to suspect anybody that wants, you know, that's how much. And, you know, so much that came, I, I finally got the guts to talk to somebody. I, <laughs> I've experienced shit my whole life. I finally got the guts. And this is, I think, what threw me past the, the point of oblivion to the passive point of repression to a passive point of things that I'm not going to remember. I'm not going to have to like this. I finally got the guts to talk to an adult about some of the stuff that had happened to me, somebody that I trusted, somebody that my parents trusted. Um, my best friend, my best friend stepdad, I went to him. Um, he was such a good guy. He was so interested in being in a relationship with his kids and being there for his friends and he was so thoughtful and he was such a nice guy and how my parents liked him, you know? Um, and he assaulted me at 16 and <laughs> it's funny that there can be so much abuse. There can be so many things that happened 
because I'd like to say that that was my first encounter, but it wasn't. Um, I dealt with a lot of shit and going to an adult and finally finding the courage to have a voice, finally finding the courage to talk to somebody, finally finding the courage to go to somebody for help. And then that person used it as a way to get in and violate you. How could I trust anybody? I mean, so that allows me to cut myself slack. You know, it's time to stop and I am letting people in more. It's still hard. I don't, you know, you see my circle's very small, very small. I have a lot of acquaintances. I have a lot of great conversations that I have with people, but as far as close people to me, very limited. It's still very hard to get to that point. And I was so ashamed and so like the horror that it was just horrible. And then when like they prey on the broken, they prey on the broken because <laughs> they're already broken. You know, they know how to be broken. They know how to stay broken. And he kept coming around. And when I actually had to tell my parents, that was, it was horrible. It was so I am still learning and I am just, it's not even still learning. I'm just barely starting to learn how to not be a, and, and not afraid. Cause I'm not like, Oh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. It's just be on the defense, ready to move. Like you don't have to be afraid when you don't let people in. So that's still something that I'm just learning to do. And you can say when you go back to your question earlier of, you know, how has that changed you? And I'm like, God, it's only been three months. Like, as soon as I decided to let people in to a point, I'm having, it's been huge. These last three months have been huge. They've been massive. I'm making connections with people on a deep level. I'm not only being there for people, which I am, you know, it's, I do a lot of listening, but I also do a lot of talking. I'm letting people see me. I'm letting people in. Like, <laughs> it's not just what, what can I do for you? And then smile and nod. Or if I happen to go to somebody, is something brief that I can do and then I'm completely removed from. So you'll never be around me again. It's not that. It's those default settings are there, but I'm learning how to work past them. And it's hard. So yes, I am recognizing them more. Yes, I am recognizing them faster a good portion of the time, but not you're all of the great. time. I am. I really am. I think one of the things, because <laughs> as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking about different things in different ways. And I know that um, we've talked about this before, and I've probably mentioned it before at some point on the podcast, but I think that we have, you know, an emotional, a spiritual, a mental, a physical, um, what else? Four, five. We've got all these different <laughs> aspects of who we are, right? And each one of those aspects, so if we think about just the physical side of us and how to maintain a healthy body and be physically fit and, you know, move through life in uh, a certain way so that we can maintain our body in a healthy manner. I'm not talking about being skinny or being muscular. I'm just talking about being healthy and fit. Um, we'll just say, for example, that takes a hundred things. And uh, emotionally, same thing, how to be emotionally um fit and um, squared away it takes a hundred different things and mentally and spiritually all these things take a hundred things and from the time that we're babies and we're born and we grow up we start to 
gather and collect those hundred things that get us to the point where we can maintain that healthy. And this is just a real basic way of looking at things. Obviously, it's vastly more than a hundred, right? But if you think about you uh, as a teenage girl and you've experienced all of these different things and all this trauma and all this abuse and all these type of different things, then you have this experience as a 16-year-old. And um, I think that if we look at it from that perspective where each one of us needs a hundred different things in each of these categories in order to proficiently move through life in a healthy way where we can maintain balance and um, healthiness across the board. And at the point when you were 16, maybe you had 10 in one area, um, four in another area, right? Like we could go down the line and probably, you know, break it down even more, but it's an easy way to look at it and break it down where it's like, I wasn't at the point where I could really, I think those are fireworks. <laughs> I kept like, wow, the tree is really keeping the rain off. Because of <laughs> it sounds like rain uh, in the. Yeah. No, I think those are fireworks <laughs> in the background. It's the 24th tomorrow, which is a, a stupid, well, not stupid. It's a, it's a holiday here in Utah, that uh, July 24th. So people light fireworks. Pioneer day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if we look at the individual person and they need a hundred of these things in each of these categories. And as we move throughout life, a lot of us never get, um, you know, in our, in our adolescence and in our teenage years, even in our early twenties, we might max out around 10, 15, maybe 20 at the most. And then we have the rest of our adult life to get up to a hundred and we have to find those and collect those on our own. And we have to learn about them and bring them into our wheelhouse and into our toolbox on our own because our parents suck at giving us those tools. Do you know what that means? What? Our kids have to say the same. Yes. And that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that is but, the complete opposite of the way I want it. I want to be able to hand all of the tools to them and be like, you don't have to do this. But you don't have all of the tools to hand to them. I know, but I need them so I can. But you have more tools now than you did when you were a child and when you were a teenager 10 years ago, five years ago, even a year ago, you have more tools. Yeah. So you can give them to our children now. And our children have way more tools now than we did when we were their age. Yeah. And so then our grandkids are going to be way better off than our kids were and that we were and our parents were. I mean, that's that's the beautiful cycle of life that hopefully we can continue to right. perpetuate Always and move evolving. forward. Exactly. <laughs> but cut yourself slack. I, I am. I am. Because even at it's this point hard. in life, like, I don't have my hundred tools in all of those different areas. How many think you got? <laughs> Give me a number. Like mentally in the in the in the in the mental category. So there's a hundred in multiple categories? Yeah, like you've got a hundred across the board, not total. So how many's in the mental category? So in the mental category I need a hundred and maybe I'm at like maybe fifty five. Wow, that's optimistic. Well I I feel like I do a pretty good job. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I you know and Ask maybe... me how many I think you have. You got a hundred, baby. <laughs> but I feel like I'm at the you know, maybe I'm 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 nearing that halfway point in my life where I'm gonna cross that threshold. Oh. Um physically, I feel like I'm probably at like thirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Hmm. Um emotionally maybe like 40-ish in that range, maybe 45-ish, 
spiritually. Um, God, that's a lot of hundreds. Yeah, you got a lot of work, that right? Sucks. But it, this is just a really broken down, <laughs> simple way of looking at it. Um, but spiritually, I think I probably, oh, I'm probably in that 40 range as well. Yeah? Yeah. I, I'd, um, I'd bet, I'd put you a lot higher. Well, this is one of the things that I wanted. So if we go all the way back to the beginning of this episode, we were talking about um, how my life has changed in mm-hmm. differences, you know, in different ways over the past year. I don't practice a lot of energy work anymore. I used to do a lot of fairs and events and different things, and we used to work with people a lot more in regards to energy work and readings and healings and things like that, and I don't have an outward practice of that anymore. And that's changed over the course of this past year. You're not doing fairs. You're not doing that. But what you do more naturally on a daily basis is more. Well, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm more connected. Yeah. And, um, I feel like I have a stronger connection to it, but at the same time, I think that there's times where I'm not practicing it. And that was one of the good things about doing, um, events and fairs and working with, you know, people was you're in that space of practicing it. And so I have to remind myself to practice it at times. Yeah. And, um... But that's, I mean, when we go back to the beginning of the podcast, not this episode, but, you know, the when the podcast began and started, I was doing a lot of episodes and interviews with people that were in that space of energy healing and Reiki and crystals and all that type of stuff, because I think it's massively important and I it want is. people to learn about it and I want people to hear about it. But I'm also a point in my life where I'm not it's not that I'm not interested in that stuff anymore. I'm still very much interested in that. Like we still have, I mean, we still work with energy. We still do stuff in regards to that in our own lives and we're still connected, but I'm also more interested, not more interested, but my interest has shifted and changed. And so I take the podcast with me because it's not going to do me any good to sit down and talk with somebody that I'm not really interested in talking with. Yes. And so, I think that's, I mean, whether that's important for people that listen to the podcast to hear or not, I don't care, but it's, I I do care if you listen to the podcast, but what I'm saying is, I think I, I think I identified myself as that for a long time in my own head and a long time is a short time. It's only a few years, but I think I identified myself as that. And the reality is I let go, not let go, but I forgot that I was continuing to evolve and continuing to shift and continuing to change, right? So if I'm not the person that's going to sit down and do a reading for somebody and tap into somebody's energy and connect with them, um, that doesn't mean that I somehow lost value or that lost my identity in some way, shape or form or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's just my, my evolution and my perpetual movement forward. And I think that's a cool thing. I think that's a good thing. Can I ask you a question? Yes, you can ask me a question. You sure? Absolutely. So, like something you said with that, like, you identified with that so much and you were doing a lot of that. And it's not that you don't care about it anymore. Do you think you held on to that so tight and so fast? Because I'm going to disclaimer this real quick and say that the abilities that you have, how connected you are, are... And it's not because you're my husband, because I love you. But 
you are, you're fucking amazing. You are amazing. And you are so connected and you've used that connection that you've have to be able to read a situation, to be able to get to people, to be able to save people, to be able to know what situation is going to be crappy. And when you needed to move through your law enforcement and how to break through to people, like your connection has, or connectivity has served you your whole life and you have served it, but you had, so there's my disclaimer of how like you are, I don't know how to describe you, how amazing you are. People and again, going, it's not because he's my husband, like the shit he does. Like, these fools like how many times that. when you listen to a podcast, have you heard him say, ah, you guys are good. Or I, you probably haven't heard as much as me because when we've been doing like work together and working with people or whether we're working with couples or individuals, like, well, this is down to talk to somebody and you hear, oh man, man, you know, we, the way he does that. And I, I connect and I bring in the way you and I work together can control not control controls devil. Anyways, we work together well. So my point is I think you are extremely connected and doing fairs were good for you because they allowed you to see it on a different level and they were good for the people that you helped, but you're past that. It's not that you're not doing that anymore. It's that you're doing that on a more basis with whoever you're talking to, with making connections with people on a plane who reach out to you after because you were able to get them talking and give them help because that's just what you do. Okay. So you just don't have to do it in a fair setting anymore to get that for you. The people that you helped was wonderful. So my question, because you said identity, you had a question there. Yes. (laughs) It was a challenge, but I wanted all that disclaimer because I didn't want to come off like, Hey, you know, assholey. So you identified with law enforcement so much. Yes. And being a cop. And when that changed, you held on to this hard and fast. Was just that just because you felt identity stripped and you needed something to identify with to fill whole? Very much so, I think. Yeah, I think very much so. I think that I think that's a, probably a very common thing for people to do. Where <clears throat> who am I, right? Yeah. What is my identity? Where do I um fit? What you know, what kind of niche am I in? What am I good at? Where, where do I uh, base my identity off of? And yes, for a very, very long time, it was being a cop because I was so good at it and because I was so passionate about it because I loved it. And I very much identified with that. And then having that stripped away, now where am I at? What am I going to identify with? And so I think very much it was that, um, do you know what I mean? I was going to be doing this energy work and uh, working with people and offering readings and all those kind of different things. And so I think very much so I was um, having that um, shape my identity for a, for a time period. And then, you know, now in the space of no longer necessarily doing that on a regular basis, um, now in that space of what is my identity? Where am I drawing that... Um, I can't think of another word besides identity, but I think you're very much spot on there. Do you know what I mean? And I think, I think that's very common for people to do. And I don't think there's, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think, I think when you find your spot, cause I'm kind of in that space now and have been for a while where when you find your, 
when you find yourself in that space of feeling like you don't have an identity or what is your identity or what is your worth or your value, realizing or being able to connect to the core identity of who you are and your core value of what you are and what you really bring to the table as a person, not just in your own personal life and your experiences and your relationships, but in the grander, bigger scheme of things. So you mentioned that gal on the airplane. I had a trip. I don't remember how long ago it was, uh, like a month and a half, two months ago yeah, or something like that. that. Um, and I sit next to somebody. Most of the time when I fly, I have my headphones on and I'm listening to podcasts and I'm falling asleep and taking naps and then the plane lands and I'm done. I don't really like talking to people on flights because I hate that environment and that energy of airplanes and flying and airports and the chaos that it ensues. But for whatever reason, I decided I was going to try to engage in conversation with this person that was sitting next to me. And it was really easy for me to, as soon as she started to talk, um, <clears throat> it was really easy for me to hear the things that she was saying. So back in the day when I was working with um, clients and doing a lot of energy reading and healing and things like that, people would talk and their words would just light up and jump out where they would say something or mention something in in a natural flow of conversation, but some of their words would kind of light up and jump out. And those were the things that needed to be discussed and kind of picked apart further. And that happened really easily with that lady. And she shared some things about her life and her experiences and things that she was going through that I don't think she would normally share with just regular Joe Blow that was sitting next to them in the airplane. And I was able to give her some insight and some thoughts and some different ways to look at things and hopefully some things that she can take away from that experience that would help so that she could, you know, move through life in a different way, even if it was for a short period of time. And so I think you're right. I think that I do have a natural ability to do that. I think we all have that natural ability and um, it's good for me to remember that and to have that recognition and that realization. God. Did that kind of answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny to go back to like, it was when we met and you were doing all of these things, but it wasn't energy work. It wasn't <laughs> spirituality. There wasn't that connection that you acknowledged. Like you did all this and it was just like the way you do it and, I'm trying to remember how you did, how did you say it? It was like, <laughs> it was this confident, I'll, I'll say confidence, being nice with the confidence of <laughs> you, what you want to happen, you make happen, you get what you want, you do things. And then it was like you and your mom had this connection, like where if you needed firewood when you were camping, you would like let her know you would just send it out there and here comes your mom with firewood and like all of these things that you had that you didn't really acknowledge, really acknowledge. It was um, like that sticks out the most is I so badly wanted to get you an Archangel Michael pendant for protection when you were on the road so badly, but I knew like that's not what you like, don't, don't talk about God. Don't talk about, like, you were not having that. By the way, I can 
talk to my mom and she'll bring me firewood and I can read situations and I can manifest what I want. But like you couldn't <laughs> like, talk about the other stuff because you, you don't have time for that. You don't believe that. And then how happy I was when <clears throat> we were, God, it was like a, it wasn't a temple. What the hell was it? It was a the monastery. monastery. Yeah. A monastery. Up in our uh, Huntsville. Yes. So if you're in Utah, if you're in Utah and you're familiar with Utah, up in Ogden Valley, up in Eden and Huntsville Eden, area, yeah. there is a monastery that is super cool to go and visit and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was cool, and I remember looking at all the things they had in there and seeing this pendant, this Archangel Michael, and looking at it. Or I think there it was Saint Michael. Um, and like wanting to get it for you, but like not wanting to, like knowing you wouldn't, you know, want it and just being kind of sad because I wanted that so bad for you. God, let me put <laughs> Archangel Michael with you to protect you. And I know you got it on your own, but like wanting that and then, you know, just walking away because realizing that, you know, not forcing anything. And then you had, you came by me later and you had it in your hand. And I was like, <gasps> Yes, 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 yes. And so excited. And then just watching you develop from there, from your mom starting to go to the groups and then you wanting to go with her and just watching this shift from you from, what? No, by the way, I can make this happen. <laughs> you know, doing all these things and connecting. And like, it's not just a, like a power thing, getting what I want thing. You know, I don't mean to make it sound like that, but providing comfort with such your thing. You would have people in the worst moments of their life, whether it's an injured child or a, a child that has now just left them or a spouse of somebody or a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, just like somebody in the most horrific moments and you're being there for that other person, the calm that you bring and the peace that you bring or being there in time to either stop it or right as it happens to maintain, like it was always there. You just didn't have so much recognition on that there's more fireworks see <laughs> um but it was always there for you and it was always you did so much good and you still do like it's it's so funny that you get like well i'm not doing fairs anymore yeah so freaking what you're not doing fairs what the hell is a fair anyways i mean we have people that host fairs and do fairs and good, we love good. them and it's good environment it's and it's all of those wonderful, wonderful things. And if you have the chance to go to these neat places and go see these neat people that are doing the fair, do it. But like that is not, that is not the end of the story. That is not when you make it to doing fairs, you're ho, ho, ho. And that's, you can help so much more. And you do that every day. You do that with every build. You do that with the people that are open their shops. You set the tone for their shops. You talk to them in a way and you guide people naturally wherever you go. You guide and you help people move and evolve through life, whether you're on the plane, <laughs> whether it's at a Airbnb, whether it's at a shop that they're just opening and getting their dream pod, whether it's your wife who's like, I can't quit my job. It's <laughs> to, you just do it everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, you just do it. I love you. I love you. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm not cutting you off, but. Is it that time? <laughs> no, it's not that time. I just, you know, 
I love you very much, but you don't need to sit and wax poetically about I'm how not wonderful wax- your oh, husband God, is. Am I making it sound like that? By the way, he can be an ass too. <laughs> like he's a man. So he is all these wonderful things, but he is a human and he is a man and he is not perfect. But God damn it, he's perfect for me. Well, one of the things, thank you very much. <laughs> one of the things I think it's important for people because it's an interesting way to, because we wax poetically, please. <laughs> Identity. Talk to Janelle. <laughs> She'll tell you a different story. I think identity is important. But I also think that we have to separate ourselves from... Um, I think we have to be comfortable in the space of not having a firm grasp of what our identity is. And I think that that's really challenging and hard for people. Because we want to be accepted not only outwardly with the people around us, but also in, inwardly within ourselves. And I think one of the easiest ways that we do that is if we somehow have a semblance of what our identity and what our purpose is in life. (sighs) And the reality is that that is something that is continually shifting, changing, and evolving. And if we hold on to identity for so long in regards to one thing, then we're going to miss out on all the beautiful ways that that identity of who we are really, you know, all the different aspects of the makeup me and who I am are um, vast and varied and multidimensional. And had I just stayed in that place of, I'm a cop, I'm a police officer. I see things one way and this is my identity. Who knows where we would be today or who knows where I would be today. And being able to move through that and move past that point in my life and then open up to these other areas. I mean, all of it just feeds me as the person, right? So I might figure out what my identity is as I take my last breath and move on to the next realm of whatever may come. But I think that it's important for people to to really look at what they think their identity is and then be okay if it changes tomorrow. Be okay if suddenly it melts away. It doesn't mean that it's gone. You take the traits and you take the experiences and you take the insights from that and then, I mean, the fact is it's you, it's, it's who you are. It's what makes up, you know, each of us as individual people. And I think that's the beautiful thing. Right? You know what I think? Tell me. I think identity is a curse. A curse? A, a curse. I think losing your identity is a blessing. I think you should be everything, be all that you can be and not resolve yourself to be in one thing identity is a box that we keep ourselves identity in. is a box there's no lid on the box yeah there yeah. is there is no box there is no box <laughs> you find yourself losing your identity congratulations <laughs> expand um we've been going for a while babe and it's getting dark are you scared i'm <laughs> dark i'm not scared fireworks um but we should probably wrap it up. Okay. Is there anything that you want to share first before we, because I'm going to talk for a minute about stuff. But Are you if going to talk for a minute? Oh, yes. If there's... Oh, so we're wrapping up my conversation. It's no. time for me to shut up while you talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, is there anything I... that you want to throw out? Um, the host doesn't need to do the, all of the talking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much for 
taking the time to be on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Really? Very taking much so. Me? Yes, of course. Know. He's so sweet to say that because I told him episode 88 is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, thank you. Um, shake it up. Don't be afraid to break free of everything that you've believed and you've let yourself be held back for. There is no box. I love that you say that. There is no box. Shake it up. Step out. Dare to be you. The mics are attached or I drop it. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, babe. So before we end, I want to talk about, uh, we've hinted at it. We've talked about it a couple of times throughout the episode, but I was on the Everyman podcast. And the reason I want to talk about it um, because it was a cool experience for us. We got to drive up to Montana. We had a beautiful, wonderful uh, weekend trip up to Montana and stayed in Bozeman at this really cool Airbnb. Um, it was just a wonderful getaway for us personally, which was really, really neat. And then that's where we recorded the episode, the the, the previous episode, episode 87 with Shara. Um, so that was really cool. But then I also got a chance to sit down and talk with Dan Doty. And if you don't know who Dan is, go to everyman.co. That's their website, and everyman is E-V-R-Y-M-A-N dot C-O. And Dan was a really neat guy. I had a really good time chatting with him and talking with him. Um, You can go and listen to the episode that I did on his podcast. I was a guest on his show. It's available now everywhere. You know, podcasts are available and all that kind of stuff. You can also find a link to it from our website. Um, But one of the things that I'm really passionate about right now and one of the things that I think is really important um, that I'm doing a lot of things with is the whole idea and concept behind a men's group. And I think it's important for men to tap in and connect with deeper, uh, just deeper on every level and every aspect of their life. If we think about those things that we talked about, the, the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual uh, aspect that makes up people as individuals, I think it's important for men to connect to those and to fill those and to realize that they're not alone and that it's okay to express emotion and feel emotion and spirituality and discuss the things that are spinning around inside their heads and all the different challenges that they face in their lives. And I think men, uh, men's group, men's groups, that's how you say it. <laughs> I think that's a uh, very uh, good resource and a good way for men to do that. And so if you're interested in that in any way, shape, or form, go to Everyman. Remember, it's E-V-R-Y-M-A-N dot C-O. You can learn more about what they're doing there. Um, Also, if you're interested, we're going to be starting a men's group here in the Salt Lake area. Um, So you can always hit me up if you go to our website. You can contact me through there if you're interested in being a part of that or learning more about that. I can, I mean, for me personally, it's something that I'm very excited about. I'm kind of chomping at the bit in regards to getting it going and getting it started because I think it's something that's massively important for men in general, but also it's going to have that effect. You know, every guy that gets involved with the men's group, I think is going to live a better, more fulfilled life, which is going to bleed out into all the other aspects of their life and the people and their relationships and all that kind of stuff. So it's a good thing. So that's my little plug. That's my little thing that I wanted to throw out. That's that's what I wanted to take advantage of with the podcast <laughs> and plug that before we wrap up. That that was your goal? Yeah. For our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole well, goal of episode 88. Well, podcast listeners, how do you think the rest of the night is going to go? <laughs>
No, it's important. I think it's it a good is thing. important. And I'm so proud of you for doing this. And I'm so excited to see where you take it. Well, thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Craig. And everybody go out and have a beautiful, 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 wonderful day. So much shame comes from that where you blame yourself so much for whatever abuse you encountered. I was never going to be anything more than an addict to them. What you decide is going to happen is exactly what's going to happen. Every person has to find that spot within themselves and every make or break moment that feels like the end of the world is really, it's not even a make or break moment. It's a make moment. They're all make moments. You just don't realize it at the time because you feel so broken.